What's going on, people? So, episode two of Alpha Talk. Uh, it's been a minute since the first one. So, as you can see, I have upgraded a little bit. I'm in a little bit of a different setting. I'm not in my office. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time on this episode. Um, last time, the editing was so fucking long. I just talk so much shit. But I'm hoping to get more to the point. This one is going to be learning from my cutting mistakes so you can get shredded. So, you know, I've done all the bullshit. I've been in this game for a long time now. I've made a lot of mistakes. So, you know, I'm doing the experiment so you don't have to. Just think of it like Brainiac from back in the day, yeah? So, it's what, like 60, 70 days till summer. You know, you've probably already started, you know, if you're looking to get in really, really good shape, you've probably already started somewhat of a dieting phase or you are thinking of transitioning into a dieting phase. So, this is going to be real applicable to you. You might be uh, making these mistakes. You might have already made these mistakes. But hopefully you can learn from it. I know I've learned from it. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Hopefully it kind of changes your potential like methodologies on training, nutrition, or whatever it might be. Too aggressive straight away. So you're too aggressive, too quick. You're going from a bulking phase or a, some sort of a gaining phase where you've had high calories for a uh, a prolonged period of time and then you're going to go transition into that dieting phase now i see it all the time i've done it before let's say you're going to be doing eight to 12 weeks you've been on 3,000 calories and then you go straight into like 13,000 calories sorry 13,000 1300 calories with like 45 minutes cardio now the issue with that is already that is really high really high cardio this is every day really high cardio with such little such little calories. Now, yes, you're gonna have a huge initial weight drop, but the issue with that is, what happens after the weight drop? Think about, right, do you know what? I've gone from 3,000 calories, I'm just gonna take my calories down by like 400, maybe 500, and just increase my steps. From there, you're gonna see a beautiful initial weight drop, and then you can probably start to see, you know, the trends in terms of like, you know, other progress markers start to, start to tail off a little bit after like maybe two or three weeks and then you can start implementing right i'm going to put a little bit of cardio in there i'm going to be putting something in there that, which is going to elevate my heart rate which is going to be burning calories and it can only just start off with maybe like 20 20 minutes of you know whatever cardio that you that you, that you fancy all of my fat loss tools are all of my cards i'm not going to show all of my cards at once i'm going to do one thing reassess put another thing in there reassess and go on but again like i said the issue with being too aggressive from from the start is it's just not going to be sustainable for 16 weeks and again there's going to be absolutely no wiggle room there whatsoever and again another take home for you as well is the me metabolic adaptation that is going to occur there as well so like i said there's going to be that initial weight drop it's going to be beautiful there's also going to be you know progress to be had but it's going to slow down your body is going to be in a position where it does not want to lose that much weight that quickly um, and that's why the metabolism is then going to slow down. Yes, you can put things in like, you know, potential refeeds in there, which are fantastic. That is going to help mitigate that adaptation, um, but it's not going to completely stop it altogether. All right. Um, another thing as well is this is going to be very, very person dependent as well. Ultimately, it's going to be down to the goal. If you know, if you've got a certain uh, physique that you need in a certain amount of time, absolutely 100% I completely get it transformation diets are, are going to be different to a diet which is going to be sustainable so I think ultimately first thing is you've got to look at the timeline how long have you got until you know your event or your holiday or whatever it is 
You've then got to look at your body fat percentage as well. So obviously your starting position. That might dictate that, you know, right, we have to be fucking aggressive out, out the gates. Otherwise, we're not going to meet our goal. Um, and then obviously you've got to think of the goal itself, you know, how you want to be looking, um, what maybe body weight you need to be, etc., etc. But one thing I would say is I've done it. And again, these are my mistakes as well, is being way too aggressive, way too quick, and then having absolutely no wiggle room whatsoever. And then making it even harder for yourself as well, because, you know, starting your cardio off at like 45 minutes every day, calories are super low. And then, like I told you, like that ad adaptation then occurs. And you're like, right, I'm having to do like 60 minutes cardio just to continue that progress. So again, don't show all your cards at once. You can make beautiful progress from the start with little adjustments. Number two is neglecting vegetables and fruit. So people are bad at this uh, you know even to a certain extent so am i um but in a dieting phase it is absolutely crucial now one of the mistakes that i made is i didn't really have any sort of veg with my meals um the issues that you kind of come into is you know just not feeling as associated um so when obviously calories are low expenditures high that hunger is then also going to be high as well so you want to make sure you are feeling as full um for as long as possible so you're feeling associated after each and every meal the amount of times i've had new clients come to me or even clients now um saying about you know they're feeling super hungry etc etc and it's like well show me how much veg you're actually having like obviously on the plan i've got either a packet full of veg or you know uh x amount of veg that i want you to be consuming and the amount of times that i, I get pictures back and it's like one fucking broccoli florette do you know what i mean that's not going to cut it, man. <laughs> That's not going to keep you associated. That's not going to be enough nutrients uh, within that meal to, to, to actually keep you fuller for longer. And for all, obviously, the benefits that, that come with that, with like, you know, brain health, um, you know, normal bodily functions with like minerals and vitamins as well. So you just got to make sure that you are absolutely packing it uh, full of veg, especially in a dieting phase. Now, something that, you know, a client asked me is, how comes with two or three of my meals, it says pack full of veg? almost like unlimited veg. Now, the reason being is I don't actually track veg. I don't get my clients to track veg. First of all, it's just another ball ache to actually track the veg in the first place. And secondly, the, the small amount of calories that you're going to be getting from veg, and this is going to hopefully stay relatively consistent. The benefits of having veg in your diet is going to far outweigh the small amount of calories that you're actually going to be having. So why bother even tracking that? If one, that's going to stay consistent, you can manipulate everything else. You can change everything else from, you know, carbs, fats, proteins, whatever it might be. Obviously, that can be pushed over a little bit. So to the point where you're having excessive veg um, and that does happen. There can be a, p a position where you're having like an excessive amount of fiber. And actually, in terms of your stools, your digestion is not great whatsoever. Now, this is something that can be assessed and it should be assessed anyway. If you if you are dealing with those sort of issues in the dieting phase, uh, you know, maybe you followed one of my plans and it says unlimited veg or pack this full of veg and you've been going over the top with it. Of course, you're going to run into a few issues. Um, but again, it's all about assessing that and having some sort of data where you're tracking your digestive um uh, you know your gut health your digestive system is absolutely crucial there as well number three is change training so i made this mistake when i first started you know i still get asked about this as well so it's how does your training change when you go into a dieting phase do i need to be dropping the weights and doing more reps no 
The short answer is no, it does not need to change. There's only considerations that you might want to make towards the, the back end of, let's say, a prep or, you know, if you're prepping for a photo shoot, if you're prepping for um, an actual show or anything like that. Um, even for like the general pop as well, like there, there's a potential to, to make some sort of adjustments and I'll get into that. But you've got to think about your risk versus reward from a programming standpoint. So something like a deadlift, something like a, a squat, something like a big compound lift is going to be very, very taxing on your central nervous system. Now, this is just a consideration. It's not a necessity. It doesn't mean you have to do it. It's just something to think about because your calorie is going to be a lot lower. Your cardio is going to be, cardio and expenditure is going to be a lot higher, which means there's going to be bigger demands on your body. You're going to be pushing your body to the limit. There's going to be more stress. So you need to start optimizing your recovery as much as possible. And you need to start thinking more about, right, what is the risk versus reward for this specific exercise? Now, deadlifts and squats are just very, you know, there's multi-joint movements are very taxing on your central nervous system which is then going to affect you know your overall fatigue it's going to affect your recovery um so it's just something to think about it's also something to think about from an injury standpoint as well you're probably going to be a little bit more vulnerable um and the one thing that's very very underrated is the mental fatigue that goes into those exercises as well something like a squat and something like a deadlift the prep the amount of feeder sets the amount of warm-up sets that you do to get to that working set and then obviously because you know hopefully you've been logbooking in your head you're like i need to fucking hit this pb i need to hit or continue hitting that specific weight and there's a lot of mental fatigue that goes into that and it's just adding on even more pressure than potentially has to um has to be now like i said continue training that's that same way that you were training in your gaining phase your bulk phase when you're trying to get as strong as possible absolutely try and hit those numbers as much as possible but I've been there before when you are taking your body to the absolute maximum, you're feeling absolutely fucked and trying to, you know, psych yourself up to then lift super heavy weight. It is hard. Like I said, it's a consideration. It's not a necessity. This is going to be massively, massively individual. Um, but there's that fatigue factor that's definitely there. So it's just something to consider. So number four, a refeed is not a cheap meal, cheat day. So my mistake, I've made this mistake a lot of the time probably more times than I care to admit. First off, a refeed is there to predominantly increase your carbohydrates to replenish those glycogen stores. Um, obviously, glycogen stores are going to be probably quite low. You've been training really hard for X amount of weeks. You've been following a deficit for a prolonged period of time. So glycogen stores are going to be low. A refeed is there to kind of help negate the negative effects from following a deficit for a, a long period of time. So like a metabolic adaptation that I spoke about in the first one. Um, often refeeds can definitely help help with that. Um, it's also going to help. I've done this with a lot of my clients. It's going to be good data to look at as well. So if you do put in often refeeds for a client, um, you can kind of see, right, how do they look? How do they feel? What, do they, what happened to the scale weight? maybe a day after, maybe two days after. And you, it gives you data so that when you come into like, you know, peaking a client, so maybe the peak week of their event, that's gonna be really good data for you to look at, you know, like I said, how do they look after you just give them 100 grams extra of carbs or 200 grams, it, whatever it might be, it's good data to have. Now, when it comes to a, a cheap meal, 
rather than cheat day. You can get some of those good effects from, you know, throwing a pizza in there or whatever it might be. But the chances are that if you've been following a, a low calorie diet for a long period of time, sometimes it can just be unnecessary to put that in there. It can actually set you back. It's easy to take the piss with as well. Um, and I'm just talking from experience. Like I said, you've been restricted for a, a long period of time. It's going to be very, very easy for you to kind of get that, get that little hit of food that you haven't had for a while and take the piss with it. Now, this is person dependent. Some people can deal with it a lot better. I know with my own food relationships that I just don't deal with it very well. I'd rather have a refeed in there. Um, there are some similarities, though, from a psychological standpoint, you know, just having a diet break in there. So four or five, six weeks, pushing really, really hard. Calories are super low. Expenditure is really, really high. And you're pushing so, so hard. And knowing that, you know, within the next week, you're just going to have a meal out or, you know, order a takeaway. Mentally, from a psychological standpoint, that's absolutely huge knowing that, they, that you've got that in there. And you can kind of get the same sort of psychological benefits from a refeed the same way that you do as a cheat meal or cheat day. But just remember, like I said, they're not the same thing. There are similarities, but they are not the same thing. So if you are going for a refeed, make sure that it is a refeed. Make sure that it is smart. It's a calculated reason for you putting it in there, but it's not a cheat day. So try not to take the piss because it will just set you back more than obviously um, you want it to. So number five is not to be too restrictive. So this kind of goes in with the last point that I just made about having like frequent refeeds or having some sort of a dieting break, uh, maybe multiple diet breaks if you're doing maybe 16 weeks plus of a dieting phase. So just make sure that there's going to be some sort of breaks in there, whether it is a refeed, whether it is some sort of like a takeaway or a meal out. The reason being is because if you follow something for, I think, plus 12 weeks, and it's so, so restrictive of all of your favorite foods, the chances of you binging or some sort of a binge happening is going to be quite high because you've just been so restricted for it, so so restricted for so long. And then once that goal is finally done, you're almost like left like, what the fuck do I do now? The goal's finished. I don't have to eat a certain way anymore. And it's just like your natural sort of like uh, instinct is just to fucking binge and just eat as much as possible. So try not to be so restrictive. I think taking some sort of approach for general pop of the 80-20 method is, is pretty good, man. So 80% of your day is going to be um, single ingredient nutrient dense foods. The other 20% can kind of just be processed or whatever you like just to ensure that you're having foods that you actually enjoy in there as well. Um, you don't have to restrict everything like flexible dieting approaches are great for this because it allows you to, you know, have things that you enjoy and that you want to have every single day and still make progress. Now for competitors or people potentially doing like a photo shoot or something a little bit more serious, then the reality is if, if you want that specific look, then you just have to kind of restrict yourself to, to some degree. However, if you just are general pop or maybe you are pushing for some sort of a photo shoot, you can look incredible by taking a flexible dieting approach and not having to restrict yourself too much. Number seven, progress markers and data. So you can only manage what you measure. My mistake was going purely just off looks. So each week I'll be like, uh, do I look a little bit better than I did last week? Yeah, okay, cool. I might go for another run or I might 
eat a little bit less food. Now, ultimately, that does help, but it will only get you so far. And I used to always kind of like, right, if I just do this for the next 12 to 15 weeks, I'll be absolutely fine. Yes, you look good, but it'll only take you so far. Data is going to allow you to make those changes and adjustments each and every week. And by having that data there, you know what things are working, what things aren't working, and what things actually need to be adjusted. So just having basic progress markers will, will help you to actually make those calculated decisions and adjustments. So scale weight is going to really help you with your rate of loss and kind of give you an idea uh, how much you are losing per week. Um, progress pictures, so obviously looking at your body composition. Um, logbook uh, in the gym is going to keep you nice and accountable with your strength and it's going to you know, it is going to hold you really accountable to making sure that you are maintaining your muscle as much as possible by still hitting the same reps and weights and even going up in some cases as well. Uh, you've got biomarkers, so just making sure that, you know, are you feeling good? Is energy high? How, how are you mentally as well? Uh, you've got other markers such as like blood glucose that you could take, resting heart rate. All these are really, really good ways to determine <laughs> um, whether you're making progress and just to make sure that you've got data that you can actually then manage and like I said, make good decisions on. Um, you need that because if you are doing like a 12 to 15 week um, cut, like how will you know what's going good, what's going bad, and what things potentially need to be changed? If you're not tracking anything, you then can't do that. So make sure that you are tracking as much as you possibly can. So number eight, final one, sufficient protein. So my mistake was bringing down calories super low and disregarding all the benefits that actually come with having a diet rich in protein uh, and I'll just have more palatable foods from like carbs and fats now my issue was having the methodology of calories in versus calories out now that will only get you so far uh, every calorie is not made the same all the benefits that come from protein uh, are super conducive to the goal of actually maintaining your muscle mass and optimizing your recovery as well. So, you know, uh, tissue recovery, um, you know, maintaining as much tissue as possible, muscular recovery, performance, uh, and from a satiety standpoint as well, because hunger is going to be a little bit higher, you want to make sure that you are feeling as full um, for as long as possible. Uh, and that's obviously going to mean that you're going to have a successful dieting phase by making sure that your protein, protein is high as well. Um, another thing to think about as well is as a macronutrient, uh, protein also has the highest thermic effect, so thermic effect of food. So when your body actually digests and absorbs the nutrients, it's actually burning calories more so than any other macronutrient. So if you want to have a successful dieting phase, make sure you are having a diet high in protein, and in some cases, even increase protein um, further, further on the dieting phase. Right, guys, I'll wrap it up there. Thank you very much for tuning in, and I'll see you in episode three.